Amen. Bless you, friends, as you give. Thank many of you for your faithfulness. You know, this week, somebody brought to my attention, they were pretty upset, and they brought to my attention uh, a, a tweet that somebody sent out that was just getting this person in a lot of trouble. And I don't, you know, I just, for whatever reason, I don't listen to a lot of secular music. I sure don't listen to the radio a whole lot. I mean, sports, maybe. No, sports, definitely. But somebody sent me this this tweet, and, and, and it is, is uh, it's a guy that does, like, radio. So, like, inner city hip-hop radio, and he, I guess he originally grew up in Philadelphia, and he got pretty well-known, and he, he's, like, in, in the largest media market. And this is his life, you know, that whole crazy urban music scene. And he tweets something that got him in so much trouble. He tweeted... Why, I'm quoting it, why would you want to be a gang member if you don't have to be? And why would you ever want to live in the hood if you don't have to be? I will never get it. And when he said that, it, you know, everybody just got angry, right? I mean, this is how you make your living. This is what you do. Why would you even talk to those same people? And I began to think about the renewed mind. I remember growing up, it just being a young young boy, you know, in a, in a little project area, I remember thinking, man, it's just one cycle of prison. You're doing this, your grandfather. I mean, I was seeing like gang members that were like 80 years old. And I not having a father in my life and coming from a very broken home, there was something in me at an early time that was like, this isn't going to be my forever. I just knew that I wasn't going to blame my mom and blame another drug dealer and blame everybody else for, for the way my life went, that there must have been a better opportunity. I knew, and it wasn't money. It wasn't a pursuit of those things. I wanted joy and peace and freedom. And when I became born again, I realized that there's a mentality and that you can live in a prison in your mind. You can give up mentally and manifested everywhere you are. It is an oppressive mindset that lives not only in inner cities, but in mansions. And people are stuck in prisons that you just can't get out of because you've believed a lie. Our, our minds were made for brilliance. Our minds were meant to be renewed by the word of God. But when we don't keep that under check, your mind goes off. You have an ability to have, have faith and power and pull down the truth of God's word, or we have the ability to keep building prisons of fear and mindsets that bind to where you never can break out. And as I began to get saved and I began to preach the gospel and I began to plant churches and I began to see the touch of God on the earth and I got outside of New London and I've been to 20, you know, five, something like that nations and millions of people and, and lots of miracles and lots of souls and all different types of believers, I realized that the same thing I saw in Brantford Manor and other projects around the world I saw in the church. It may not be poverty and cocaine. But it's doubt and unbelief. 
And I found myself in the very same way going, man, you're, you're sitting on a Bible full of promises. And how is it that you don't have any desire for more? Or how is it that you just content that God has made available to us all these things and you just choosing not to have them? There is no victory outside of a renewed mind. It does not exist. The mind is the arena of faith. This is where, listen, every single one of you are warring in your mind. Every single one of you. you the Bible says in the book of Romans, it's with our minds that we serve the Lord. When, once you're defeated here, you're done. You know, I never liked, I don't, I'm not like into UFC like that. A lot of the guys are and I'm definitely not into women fighting. I just, it grieves my spirit. I just beat each other up. I don't care. I just tell you it's not my, I don't feel like women should be fighting. There's some fight. I used to think I could take all you women until I see some of these fighters come up. Good Lord, I'll run. These chicks can deliver blows. But there's this one fighter, you know who I'm talking about. She started beating everybody on the planet. And to the point where they were trying to stage her up against men. Against Floyd May, against undefeated boxers, they're like, well, let's put her, it's so barbaric. Let's put a woman fighter in a ring because she is that nasty against men. She was that strong. She lost one fight and mentally is gone. They don't even know what's wrong with her. She, she got defeated here. I don't care how strong you are, how good you look on the outside, how put together you are. When you're defeated mentally, you are gone. You don't even have a chance if, you, if you're defeated mentally. And as a believer, if we're not strong here, man, we're not going to win these battles. The Bible says, as a man, as a woman, thinks in their hearts, so they are. So could it be said that a lot of the barrenness that we walk in, a lot of the struggles that we go through is just started in your mind? Lies that you believe that aren't true when we know that's not God's best for you. We're going to see God begin to renew our minds, and I believe a shift is going to take place today. This is going to be a year of victory. Our minds must be, the Bible says, don't have any other mind but the mind of Christ. And every day you're tempted in that arena. And every day there's fights going on in your mind. And every day there's choices and ideologies that you need to believe or unbelieve. And the difference between victory and defeat has to do with that war in your head. Can I tell you false teaching can cripple you? Can I tell you, I know men of God today, they just, they're absolute, I don't even call them men of God. They are drunken lunatics. They are absolutely just a, a farce to the, the kingdom. But if you want to pin them down, they blame their alcohol addiction because of somebody that they esteem that drank an alcohol drink. Man, you're going to, it don't, it, listen, whatever your flesh wants, the enemy's going to do anything he can to, to just win that battle in your mind just to cripple you so you're not effective for the kingdom. Hello? You know Ted DiBiase, the wrestler, he just go around. Chad loves wrestling. He needs to grow out of it. You know, okay, we're in the middle of service. <laughs> Who cares if you bet him? You know what he would do? He'd run, and it, you know, it's just like a game. It's entertainment. And he'd run around and say, everybody has a price. And he would make you think 
if there's just enough price, you'll buy in. The enemy thinks the same thing about you. Everyone has a threshing floor that the enemy believes this might not work, but if I can do this. Can I tell you in my life, I have often have watched the enemy because I'm telling you right now, he's not going to have a foothold in this house. I'll kill that dude. You follow me? I've already been broken. But I watch him attack the people closest to me. And I'll hear him try to say, I'm going to come. And I'm like, no, you're not going to come anywhere. Because he knows it's like water. Water is going to find the weakest path to begin to move down. And in your life, you need to make sure that with a renewed mind, you're not giving access to thoughts that are not God's. We can't afford any other thought in our head. That didn't first come from, from Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, you can turn there with me. I love the book of Ephesians and I love chapter 4. If you got it, say got it. Come on, some of you are on it. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 20 says this. Verse 17, Ephesians 4, I say therefore and testify to the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves to lewdness, to all the work of uncleanness and greediness, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him, And have been taught by him, the truth is in Jesus, that you must put off, say put off, concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, so that you put on the new man which was created according to God in righteousness and holiness. Listen, everybody knows that there's there's an old you and a new you. The battle that you have is the fact that you have been one with the old you far longer than you've been one with the new you. So we can get it. My son, he's, you know, kind of into, I don't know why kids like, I mean, Halloween dress up, but why my son needs to be cat boy every day, just still, I don't get it. But my son will dress up in a costume, PJ Mal, put on the, run around the house, jump off the furniture, depending on what costume he wears, he tells me what his powers are. And then he takes the thing off, and then, and then he's like, well, now I'm Isaac. And he wants me to know that he's no longer this, but he's now I, and he's back to Isaac. And then he'll dress up and run in front of me and have to tell me that he is somebody else now. And that if, he, if I need him to jump far or this power or this grip, he's like the strong. And then he takes it off, and he's like, well, I just want you to know I'm Isaac now. See, the problem is you've been Isaac for so long that you only dress in character during a church service or a conference. And the Bible said, well, you just, you're waiting for God to do something. He said, no, no, you put it off. You clothe yourself. You lay these things down. We just think, God, no, 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 no. You have a, you, your spirit and your soul is waiting for you to make a decision on what you're going to put on and put off. But when you live so long with an unrenewed, unrepented, unbelieving mind, and then you wear that every day, and you wonder why the promises of God aren't working for you, I can tell you, I mean, it doesn't take much. There's signs. The, the desire is that you put on that new man and woman. 
And so train yourself to think right and think pure and, and respond right and respond holy. That there come a moment in your life that you don't want to ever take this thing off. That I'm going to live in this place because I don't like, it got to a point in my life, I didn't even like what happens in my life when I wear the old man. I don't even like the results. I don't like how I feel. I don't like the way my mind goes. I don't even like anything about it. So why am I even going to want just take, just send it back? I love the new man. I want to live in the promises. And, and, and I'm not going to be motivated by what I don't understand. And if we're going to have renewed minds, just like Ephesians, we've got to put these things off. It doesn't matter if you, you, you could sit yourself in the middle of a revival service. If the old man is present, then you're going to be blocked. And habits forms and lies develop. And I know so many believers that think this is their lot. And they, they'll free up to this point, And they're all good except for this. And it's like, that's not what Christ died for. The Bible says whom the sun sets free, man, there's nothing else there. That's why the Bible says have no other mind. But I'm going to tell you, man, you can believe these lies in your mind and you'll literally start to manifest those very things. Being renewed in the spirit of your mind. There's a constant war over who's going to program your mind. You know, Paul said, when I was a child, I, I spoke like a child. I had childish thoughts. And when I became a man, and he started talking about eating more food, developing in maturity, but it's interesting that the maturity, I'm talking about spiritual maturity. Hello. You could be 100 years old and just the most immature Christian. It's interesting that Paul linked up spiritual maturity with the controlling of your thoughts. When I was a child, I thought like a child. Hello. It's situationally appropriate for my son to he, he, he if I say the word pee or poop. Do you understand? And it's like, no, that's bathroom talk. We don't do that. If I say pee or poop and you're like 50 years old, chuckling in the corner, it's not situationally appropriate. You have issues. My son is six months old. If he has to go for it, let go of some, you know, just bowels, he just goes. I laid him on the car, but he's just farting. Who knows what's coming out of that? If Isaac does it, I'm doing something wrong. Hello? If you do it, you probably need some adult diapers. You follow what I'm saying? It's situationally appropriate to a degree. But in the faith, there's some things that are not situationally appropriate anymore. When you walk with God for a while, there's a moment that Paul is saying, we, we lay down the childish tendencies spiritually. We drank milk. I thought like a kid. I spoke like a kid. I, did, I had childish ways. But when I became mature, I started eating the meat of the word. I began to think differently. Where is that transition in your life? Or are the lines so blurred you don't even know where you are in it? Your thought processes will allow you to have victory. You're like, man, this is intense. Well, the battles you go through are intense. The face you make when I sit up here and look at you is intense. The phone calls I get in the middle of the night are intense. The depression you live through spiritually is intense. The barrenness in your life is even more intense. We're not going to walk in victory 
if we're not going to face these things head on and realize that our minds must be renewed. You are not going to walk out of here and think, wow, that was a powerful meeting, and think the devil ain't going to ring your number as soon as you get home. That's how this thing works, man. But there's no, there's no off button. Bring it on. You have no power. I understand my authority in the word. I stand on the promises of God, not just on Sunday. I understand how this thing works and whose name I'm a part of and what I have and what my rights are. And if you don't know these things, then you're just going to be tossed by every wind and doctrine. And you're going to constantly be blaming God or other people for your defeats. We've got to train our mind. Listen, there's no condemnation. I'm telling you, there's a moment you need to learn to train. If you're new in the Lord and you're like, man, I'm just not there. That's what we're talking to you for. If you've been in the faith for a long time and you're like, man, I'm just not there. Then, my God, get delivered. Because we should not have any other way but live that life of victory. But we can't buy into the lie that you don't have to do anything. And somehow he's just going to come down and give you lucky charms. And, and here comes the leprechaun to save you. It's a war, man. The enemy of your soul hates you. And as long as we're stuck and attached to this world, we can't see that there's the world that really matters. We can't see in our natural eyes. Bible says, cast down imaginations. That word also means false worlds. And take every thought captive. When I say that, most people think about sin. Well, I just need to cast out the sin thoughts, and I just need to stop thinking about this, or stop looking at girls, or whatever your, your flesh wants to do. I'm so not talking about sin. Does it apply? Yes. I'm talking about your views of Jesus. I'm talking about your belief in divine health. I'm talking about your belief in financial breakthrough. I'm talking about your belief that God can save your family and raise your kids properly. That's the mindset that you need to adapt. The thought of just, oh, I just need to flee from the thoughts of sin. I mean, yeah, that was great when you're Isaac. But there's a point that you better have your mind renewed where it's not, you're not warring every single day to not look at something. There's a point in your life that you overcome and now you want to just build the ideologies of Christ. And you want to go forward in your life and start to advance those things because God has such a plan for you and such a purpose. And we can't be held back by yesterday's thoughts. We got to break out of the, the mental prisons. You know, it's interesting. I love the story of the prodigal son. The Bible, you know, he ran off. The Bible said he was in a hog pen. And it's so interesting. I love, 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 love this verse. The Bible says, as he was far off, the wayward son, interesting enough, you didn't see the dad chasing him at this moment. The wayward son is off, and the Bible says something so powerful. He came to himself. This dude came to him, say, came to, the dude like woke up. And he said, wait a minute, there's not a servant in that house that's lacking food. They're never begging, and I'm here with nothing. I'm, I'm the son of the house, and I'm empty. And the, and the very least in the house are blessed. He came to his senses. Because the enemy told him, oh, you're fine leaving. Yeah, there was a grudge, and look, now you're doing it, and you're really showing them. And, you, uh, and there was nothing there. But I'm sure if the prodigal son had Facebook, he'd tell you every day it's awesome. I'm sure if he had Instagram, he'd put the best filter on to fool you. But he came to his senses, and he ran back to that house. And guess what? There was a banquet and a wedding, and they received him. And I'm telling you that you've got to come to your senses. 
There's a moment in your life you got to wake up and say, man, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to do it any other way. Man, I don't want it. And listen, I don't even like the way I feel when I put the old person on. I hate myself. I can't look in the mirror. I don't even like what I, don't, I just think so bad about myself. And I don't feel like I'm anything. But the minute I'm clothed in his righteousness, I feel like nothing is impossible. I feel like I'm a queen. I feel like I'm a king. I feel like I have everything that he's offered me. Why would we want to live any other way? The mind is at war. The mind is the arena of faith. And it's never, it's not a one-time battle. Hey, in 1972, man, I was supposed to do wrong. I did right. What happened the day after? Your mind. Remember a commercial that said your mind's a terrible thing to waste? When you come to yourself, nothing can stop you. We have to stop. We've got to break ourselves off from low-thinking people. Because they're just going to drag you down. You need to be around people that are dreamers, that act, that plan. Successful people. Are you with me? There was a moment in my life, my cell phone number changed, and nobody from my old seasons had access. There was no unforgiveness. There was no open grudges. I just knew that those people aren't where I want to be. Are you around people that think better, or that are a little more successful, that can help pull you up and encourage you and bring you to where you want to be? Or, or is most of your interactions people that are struggling, that are throwing worldly opinions at you? So we end up mimicking those. In your mind, it's a beautiful thing, really. I was talking to a brain surgeon this week. In your mind, you have, you have a million sensory receptors. It's, it's where you process data. It's that you can listen to my message, pat the baby, she just took a drink and put her cup. You can do all these things at once because everything we do, we're processing data. It's a million receptors in your mind. Even the dumbest one among us, you got a million receptors in, in your mind. You can process, you know, they say we use only a certain amount of percentage of our brain. We process data. We, we pick up things. We're always paying attention. We're, you know, can do multiple things and kind of pick. It, it's amazing how God has wired the brain. You have a million sensory receptors to process data. And here's the crazy part. You have 10 billion sensory receptors in your imaginations. You have a, only 1 million to process information. You have 10 billion in the imaginary realm. I won't do this to you, but if, I mean, you could close your eyes. I could lay out a picture of Hawaii and palm trees and beaches, and, and all of you have the ability to go there. I'm not going to do it to you because then you got to open your eyes and you're back in New London, and that's just a downer. But I'd have to apologize. But you actually have the ability to dream. You have that ability in the imagination realm to, to, you know, you see your bell woman go to a happy place. Why? Because you have an ability to, to tap into the 10 billion images and thoughts and things that you've seen and, and use your imagination. God created it this way because that is the realm of connection. 
That is the realm of visions and dreams and, and, and art and creation and design. Because that's how God wired us to be. If that isn't renewed, it's an ugly place. That imagination realm, there's a moment in your life where that imagination realm can become more real than reality. Fear does that. Some of you have fears, and they're deep, deep fears, and if you come to the very root of it, and it's like, what's the worst thing that could happen? You're laying out a scenario that will never exist. Well, you don't understand. I was driving along this mountain, and I saw four bears looking at me. And it, Well, what happened? Well, I just kept driving. But the way you act is if those four bears came in the vehicle and started, like, slicing your face off, and you just get ridiculous. Ain't no bear even knew you were on that road. But in your head, you have this bear in the car with you anytime you go near the mountain. That's the danger of fear. Because you build an imaginary realm that's not even real, dude. But you live in crazy because the mind is not renewed. I thought it was fascinating because, uh, you know, I was thinking about, uh, I saw this thing on Ray Charles. And, and it, you know, it was like, you know, he's the musician and, and he like, he could see, believe it or not, he lost his sight at age five. And but or I, no, no, he lost his sight at age seven, but age five, he saw his like sibling die, get drowned or something horrible happen. So he sees at seven, he loses his eyes. And then at like 10, his parents die. So here he is at seven years old, his sight goes and he's already lived to see some horror. And then he's blind and his parents go, but he's always had this this imagination about when he went blind. It was like everything else kicked in. And he began to imagine, I'm talking about just the, that power of imagination. He, he used to literally hear music without hearing it in the natural. So what he could do is with, with, his, let's say with his eyes closed, he can't see. What he would do is he would compose music, the whole thing would play out in his mind, and he'd never put it on paper. And then by the time he would do Braille and all this crazy stuff, he would have full songs, but he never did anything but just imagine them in his mind. I mean, that's crazy. It got, listen to me, God wants to take the point to where that realm of the spirit becomes more natural than this natural realm. Where miracles become logic to you. It doesn't become impossibilities. It becomes logical. And if God wired us with 10 billion imaginary receptors, then we must see our mind renewed for every single one of those to be activated for the kingdom's cause. Amen. We can't be a society that just waits for an outcome to react. We have to, we have to, we have to lock in to heaven's desire, heaven's plans. Um, I learned a long time ago to constantly ask, uh, you know, what is God saying? We have so many opinions. We live in a day everybody has a thought, the news, your friends, your crazy uncle, your person in your row, everybody has a thought, but then it takes maturity to pull back from all those opinions and say, what is God saying? What does the Father say? And you know how you can find that out easy? Learn the book, my friends. There's a promise on every page for you. 
Amen. James 1 says, count it all joy when we go through trials of various kinds. The key to breakthrough is how we handle the problems. The Bible says a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. That was never how God designed us to be. Breakthrough comes in response to the problem. Paul, and, Paul was in prison. They began to worship. An angel came and got them out. What are the prisons that you find yourself in and what's the praise that it's going to take to get out of them? Every promise God has spoken is true. We must stand on those promises. First Peter chapter 1. I mean, you could read those first 10 verses. and It's about being consumed with the knowledge of Jesus. Realizing that we're never going to stumble. Because if we're not careful, we're just going to be in reaction to negative news. Are you with me? I have a guy. I know a guy in ministry. I can't even make this up, man. The dude made like $80 million last year selling like barrels of rice to you folks, bro. I hope not. To fear, to people that are fear. Can I tell you, fear sells. Intimidation sells. Panic sells. And unfortunately, we live in this weird Christian world where it's like, You'd rather get scared in Y2K and bury cans in the basement than trust God and believe and step out in faith and do something in God's strength. $80 million because Christians are scared and they want to stack barrels of rice in their basement? That is so contrary to Scripture. Jesus had 12 loaves and two fish. In no food, there was a famine at the moment. And he gave thanks and multiplication happened. Instead of stocking up a hundred barrels in your basement, why don't you fast and pray and increase the faith in your life? Instead of giving in to the worst case scenario and thinking somehow, if I just stockpile this, then I'm with God. I mean, that's so foolish. trick-or-treating. I just wait till you got your candy. I just can't take you back. I mean, it was easy. It is. It's sad. You're mean. What in the world? I want my trust on nothing but the hope of Jesus. Some men trust in chariots. Some men trust in horses. I put my trust in the Lord. But if we're not careful, our lives will be just a reaction to fear. Do you know how many times a year one of you come to me and say, oh, there's a cancer scare. As if the word cancer has any power. As if, as if terminal illness is something I'm scared to hear. But if you're not programmed right, when you hear these things, you just bow out and hope that I'm around. I love the word cancer because it has no power and authority. Terminal illness means nothing to me. Because the man that said that over you has no authority. The man that said that over you is not plugged in my source. How many times a year do I look at individuals and I say, you will not die. You will live. And they end up just coming right out of it. But even if they didn't, 
I let my mind stay in that place. But if you're not careful, I'm talking about you and all of you watching this on a rebroadcast, it's just going to be one negative news after the other. And just for a moment, you feel excited, but then here comes the repo man, or here comes this news, or here your child is this, or someone you love is in a car wreck, or, or this terminal illness, or you have to go bankrupt. There's always something. And if you're not in the renewed mind, you can't even think clearly. My financial security is not based on what I have in a bank account. Profit. You know what that means? There's no profit. When I when I became in the ministry, I, I like was like, by the end of the year, there won't be anything in my accounts. Do you hear me? So if there's money, it's gonna go to the poor, it's gonna go to feed the lost, it's gonna whatever it is, it's gonna go for the kingdom. And people, we just had a massive, massive audit in December. Well, I, I massive. I wanted it. I actually told them to come here because I want to handle hundreds of millions and I want to make sure everything I do is right. These churches around here, you give them $5, they put four in the ground. They're so scared. They just don't, what if it never comes in? What, what if there's no, what, do you know who you serve? It doesn't matter if everybody I know in the world loses their job, I'll, I'll be so blessed. Whatever the currency of the hour is, faith will bring it in. I lived this way. People were like, my God, you have so much faith. But your financial status is based on what you have or don't have. Not to me. I want to make sure my account in heaven is greater than anything on this earth. You know, I go to Africa. And I'm, I'm booked to go to Kenya soon. It's amazing. They have no health care. None. They can't just go to like L&M. You follow what I'm saying? No walk-in clinic. These people get hives. These people get scared. These people die. These people get, they don't have anything. Do you understand me? All they can do is pray. So when this white dude comes in and I'm like, let me tell you about Jesus Christ. He seals the sick. He cleanses the leper. He raises the dead. He casts out devil. They don't have. What, they don't even have ARP. They have no Obamacare. There's nothing. It isn't like a side thing to back them up. They're like, what? You're telling me that this tumor doesn't have to kill me? You're telling me that this brain tumor doesn't have to end my life? Yes. His name is Jesus, and he'll heal you right now. And he did it through all the scripture. Man, I see miracles break out so easy there. I've listened to me. I've never seen more U.S. millionaires raised up as I have in Africa. One guy, it's all it takes is one man to break through. I got these preacher friends. It blow your mind. You have these people have nothing. They don't even make $10 an hour. They have no money. It's all, there's nothing. There's no hope. And a man starts talking about giving and unlocking the treasures of heaven and sowing radically everything you have in these people. My God, I want them to pray for me. They're in their seats and they have nothing. They don't have any homes. They're living in shacks. And overnight, God, in the middle of the night, they get a dream and they get a business idea and God stirs something in them. And I'm watching millionaires. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, it would blow your mind, these people. in the rate, because they had nothing. 
There's no business. They don't have a dime. And if they get it all, it's for the kingdom. And God keeps giving them more. And they're building churches and they're building orphans. They don't even need America anymore. You used to be appealing to them because you have light skin. You mean nothing now. Black skin to them, dark skin has more money than white skin. I have to go to Africa to be like, pray for me, dude. I'm white. I come from America. I'm sorry. We just bankrupt. This is a poverty nation. We've walked away from our laurels spiritually. And you are walking in the favor and the blessing of the Lord. Man, I'm telling you so backwards. Man, I wanted a house so bad. I wanted a house. I was just believing God. Had no down payment. Just, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm getting older in the age. And I believe for a house. I believe for a house. I believe for a house. And Pastor Rodney said, I'll give you the first thousand dollars for the down payment. I said, well, it sounds great, but I, where's the other 20? 60. And, 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 and I don't, I mean, what am I going to do? Sit there that I have an IOU? I'm going to go to a bank and be like, yeah, someone promised me a thousand. send me something greater. I get a phone call from Seattle one day. He says, sir, you, you know, I can't even give you guys the whole thing. He said, I just need to tell you, I'm going to do this for you and I'm going to do this for you. And because of something that you did a long time ago, I'm going to give you $25,000. I mean, nothing. I did nothing. I'm not no Ponzi scheme. I did nothing. Man, that don't, you don't just get phone calls like that. Especially when you don't have an education, you come from Brantford Manor, you don't get phone calls like that. And it was like the beginning of like three of those to put me in a position. Why am I telling you that? Because we have to break out of the understanding of the natural realm. If you have a need, you do not buy barrels of rice. That is not your supply. If you're concerned about finances, the worst thing you could do is hide it concerned about this, the worst thing you can do is hoard and hide and be scared. And I realized something, man. I think because I just so trust God, I think there's times that maybe I've not given even this church opportunity to be a part of things that we do. And the Lord really put it on my heart uh, last week. Look, God has given us a phenomenal opportunity with this breakfast program. It just doesn't exist. We in the process of trying to believe God for a van. We just bought a website. We just have this thing in a separate 501, and I want to see six, 700 fed in the morning. There's nothing like this all around, and we have an opportunity to transform lives in this community. The stories that I hear, the people we run into, I mean, you wouldn't even be ready. You so 
you can go back home to a beautiful life. The people I see, they're like an inch away from death. And I thought, you're, there has to be a, 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 a closure from that fellowship hall to your seat. Because we are a part of history and what God has called us to do. And I believe it's going to spread to many towns. But why am I telling you that? Because I really feel that there's going to be a breakthrough for us as we, as we sow into what God is doing in this program. And I put these yellow envelopes, and it's not just today, but it's going forward. This yellow envelope is 100% for the breakfast program. You're going to see a sign down there. You're going to see a whole bunch of stuff, and everything's going to start to take, take, take hold this year. But as I saw Jesus' need, and he blessed it and gave, they had nothing, and he gave. I know this morning you have a dream, you have a heart, you have a desire, you have a need. And I'm telling you, it's not going to be housing barrels of rice or sitting on bank accounts or running away because you aren't employed. That is not how this thing works, man. And I believe God is going to give you increase. I believe your businesses are going to increase this year. I believe God is going to fund the harvest through your life. I believe ideas are going to spring up. And there's nothing greater we can do than, than, than give. And sow a seed to touch the lost and touch the harvest and just believe that that mindset over finances would be broken. That we would radically give. Some of y'all lost that heart to ride. I'm telling you, man. It's like so clockwork to you and it's beautiful, but I'm talking about hurt. I'm talking about like, ow, here we go. I'm talking about sowing a seed, walking away, going, dear God. And I'm going to tell you something, man. You look at the life of Job. Job immediately connects a life of blessing and butter and cream to taking care of the orphans and the widows and the poor. There's, I'm telling you, I have more preachers that have called me over the years and said, I don't know what to do. Our church doesn't have any money. And I would, every single one of them, I said, give to Africa, give to India. Why? Because you need to take what you have and feed the poor because there's a token when you feed the poor. Jesus said it too. And it'll be taken over and breaking over into your life. And so what I want to do is we pray before we go. I, I want to attack that mindset of lack, man. It's, on, it's spiritually, it's financially, it's wrapped up in your business. It's wrapped up in other areas of your life. And God wants to breathe fire on that. And then I'm telling you, just as if you were in a wheelchair and I was like, get up, this breakfast program is in. We're not going to do it. Clearly, I'm not doing it every week, but they're going to be there for you. But I felt led in my spirit this morning to give us an opportunity to break that mindset. We have an opportunity to feed multitudes in this house, and I want you to be a part of it. I want your gift to touch those and win families. I want your gift to help us get a bus and all the things we want to do in the kingdom. I don't want to just have faith and not bring you along for this radical journey. And I sure don't want you buying no barrel of rice, you weirdos. But ushers, can you come forward? I want, you, I want to encourage you to give. We're going to receive a special offering for the, for the poor this morning. In this yellow envelope, everything we give is going to go towards this breakfast program and feeding the lost and touching those that are hurting. It's a blessing. God has given us men and women who just sacrifice every day to go down there and, and, and touch the lost and, and, and touch those that are in need. And I just believe as we sow a seed, it's going to be broken open in your life. Maybe your business needs to, to sow a seed into the poor. God will break it open in your life financially. 
I'll tell you what, there are many times in my life that I, I sow and in this church more than tithes. And I make sure we give as a church radically to the poor, to souls, to those that are lost. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand if you're prepared to give. I want to pray. Man, I feel mindsets are going to break. I'm not kidding. When we have faith and release the touch of God and we begin to believe for droughts to end, I believe this is the year that the drought of finances ends in your life. I believe this is the year that God gives you businesses. Come on now, your retirement isn't, that's not over in abundance. I'm talking about greater. I'm talking about God giving you finances for crusades and giving you finances for the harvest, giving you blueprints to see city shaken. Come on. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for the breaking of this bread. Lord, I thank you that it may not be 15,000 to feed, but it's mountains of unbelief. It's marriages that are represented. It's children that are wayward. It's grandchildren that are far off. It's, it's new jobs. It's maybe it's houses. And God, I just thank you that right now as we feed those that are physically poor, God, we will break the back of lack in our lives this morning. God, I thank you. I thank you, Father, for the breakthrough of heaven. I thank you that 2017 will be a year of victory. That, God, we stand on your truth, God. And, Lord, renew our minds. Renew our minds to see clearly, to think clearly, to respond like you want us to. Renew our minds to, to just stand on your word, God. I thank you that the old us is being thrown off and the new us is being put on. God, God, a new realm of impossibility being possible. God, a new realm of miracles, a new realm of intimacy with you. God, nothing is too difficult for you. Nothing is, God, I thank you for advancement this year. I thank you for increase. I thank you for acceleration in this house, God, in every one of our lives, that we will not stand still. We will not be caught up in the things of the past, but we receive your goodness. We receive your righteousness. We receive your joy. In the name of Jesus, victory over our minds, victory in our minds, victory in our minds. Come on, bless you as you give. Thank you, Lord. One reason is to come. The power of the risen one. The one who brings the dead to life. You're the
thank you for a week of miracles. God, use us, our mouths, our hands, our senses. God, we tap into the 10 billion imaginary receptors you've given us. We submit them to you. We lean on you in every situation, in every circumstance, every conversation. God, if over the job applications, God, over our workplace, over our family, over our schools. God, we submit them to you. And we listen to whatever you want us to say. God, we yield to you this week, and we thank you for a week of victory. Even the phone calls that are unexpected, you've given us the power to overcome. We live sensitive to you, and we walk out of this place victorious with our eyes open, expecting and, and demanding the blessing of the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, come on. Give the Lord a hand. Give him a shout of praise. Come on. We love you guys. Listen, be blessed. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Come on.